Hello, my name is Cassandra, designer on Diesel, Cryptids Inc., and DMs Guild author, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Morgan Robbins to talk about the launch of the Level Up Advanced 5th Edition Kickstarter. In the news, Dungeons & Dragons blog updates monster stack blocks and descriptions, upcoming D&D books have been delayed, a Minsk & Boo book appears, disappears, and reappears again, a new Star Trek source book has been released, and more! Plus, our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about the oddities of dragon names. This week on Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Visit Wolfgang von Sprinkletoes Pyrotechnics for all your fireworks and other assorted fire-based entertainment devices. Choose from the world-famous Sprinkletoes Explosive Badger, or from a wide range of rockets, blinkers, flares, mortars, bangers, squibs, comets, candles, shells, sparklers, flashes, bombs, busters, and glow sticks. I heartily recommend that you frequent this establishment, as Mr. Von Sprinkletoes owes me money after a rather large wager involving a garble toad and one of Mrs. Cockle's left-handed knee breeches. I'd very much like him to pay me back, but his business is not doing well after he accidentally blew up Lord Mucklejoy's privy on New Year's Eve. That stuff gets everywhere. All the tabletop role-playing news we aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, has ever, and especially today, I am delighted to be here. We have a guest! We have a guest, Peter. Would, yes. you, would you care to introduce our guest? Who have we well, got? it's the well-known Morgan Robbins you can find on at Mori Lawmother on Twitter and at lawmother.com a freelance writer and designer. Yes, hi. Hello. Like, not, not, not just any old freelance writer and designer. You've worked with some great people. You've worked for Wizards of the Coast. Who else have you worked for? Who's the, who's, what's, 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 the, what's the list? Obviously, starting with us, because we're yeah, the best. Yeah, I, I, working I, down. Ian Publishing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> worked with Ian on an amazing thing called Level Up. It was very, very wonderful experience. I have also worked on another upcoming Kickstarter oh. with Realm Warp Ooh. Media, the people who do the Cities of Myth series. Oh, yeah. Ooh. yeah. So yes. upcoming Agartha Unchained, I was a consultant on that. So that was a lot yes. of fun. And then a bunch of Wizards products that I most recently, I worked on Wild Beyond Witchlight, which was really fun. Mm. But you also see my name in things like Icewind Dale, Rim of the Frost Maiden, and uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros, and uh, I also did a little bit of work on Van Richten's. I think the right. word we're looking for here is prolific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, now, oh, we've covered yes. a lot of your work on this podcast already, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good times. <laughs> right then. We will sort of get into talking all about that stuff and level up and yes. all sorts of fun stuff in a bit. But yes. before we do that, let's do some RPG news, shall we? Yes. Okay. Well, the biggest piece of RPG news this week is, of course... Yes. But 
I don't know. There's, there, there's a, so, does, does that mean we can stop talking about the level of Kickstarter? Finally. <laughs> no. Yeah, <so. laughs> We're not so, going to about it for the rest of the month. Sorry. So we'll just mention it, we'll just mention it quickly here because yes. we can get onto it later. But Level Up launched this week. Yes. As we're looking at it right now, so it launched on Tuesday, yeah. it's approaching £250,000. Yes, yes. Which I think is about, I, I think you can probably see it in dollars, can you, Morgan? Yeah, it was almost $300,000 the last time I checked. It is likely more than that now. Yeah, yes. I think it'll be a guys, 340 I think. Yeah, my, something like that. If the numbers in my head are working correctly. Yeah. Which often they don't. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners to the podcast now spitting their tea out all over. Yes, the random number generator in my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, we'll sure. talk about that later. So yeah, we'll yeah. skip. We'll skip over that for a moment. So okay. let's talk about some stuff from Wizards of the Coast and D and D. Okay, not so. So there's some slightly bad news, but not oh, wow. wholly unexpected news mm. because oh. of the global shipocalypse. There's a word I can't say. Shipocalypse. 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 The global shipping crisis. Shipocalypse. Yes. So we already knew that the three book gift set that is coming out in January has slipped from December due to this um, shipping crisis. And this is not affecting just them, it's affecting everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All over the world. But um, they have just announced that Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons is going to be delayed until October the 26th. Which I think is only like a week week or so. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's not much more to wait. And Strixhaven until December the 7th. So uh, they're also delaying the digital releases to those same days. So, okay. But yeah, so I think it's about, it's only about an extra week or so. It's not a big deal. I don't feel like the Shipocalypse has like affected them massively. Mm. They're they're getting slight delays, but I know, you know, there's some board game companies that have things that have been sitting in port since February. Mm. Yeah. And uh, some have actually had to close down and, you know, it's been terrible for some companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just a uh, mess with cash flow in a really serious Yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, some of the big companies, we mentioned this last week, and I don't know if Wizards and Hasbro are one of them, are actually chartering their own ships now, rather than using shipping companies. Mm. They're actually chartering their own ships to bring stock over from China. Yeah. Only way to make sure you get space on board. It's a, yeah, but the, the fact that you, you're resorting to having to do that is incredible. That's got to be so yeah. expensive. Right? Oh, goodness, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never tried a ship before, and I suspect I never will. But, um, <laughs> I imagine it's not cheap. What? You're not charging a ship for the level of Kickstarter? Actually, wait a minute! I've just, I've just, I've just, I've got a Kickstarter running instead of giving everybody hardback books. I could just charter a ship and just sail around the Isle of Wight loads of times. There you go. What do we that, think? That, Is that, that a that, good plan? That's your one million pound stretch goal. Like you know, <laughs> Morris will like. Uh, buzz the Isle of Wight on a rental yacht yeah. whilst going, ha ha, look at me, uh, level looks great. There you go. Yeah, let's, let's not, let's not do that. Should we, <laughs> should we, should we not? Let's, let's not do that plan. That's a bad plan. Oh, okay. We don't like that. One plan. million pounds. We could make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so sticking on D&D type stuff. Yeah. How would you like a Tarask miniature? Oh, I, feel, mm, I saw these. It's uh, big. I don't think that Tarask and Mitch belong in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Tarask you... Megature. Yeah, I don't think you want a full-size Tarask. A Megature. Yes, I would love a Tarask Megature. Um, <laughs> I have so... them, these. Show me more. Oh, well, I'll, I'll give you a link then. This is from WizKids. Yeah. Part of mm. the Icons of the Realms series. It's 16 inches across and 11 inches tall. 
And it's also, it, it's also four hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say though, you are you are getting you're getting value for money. It is big, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sixteen inches. That's that's enormous. But but yeah. here's the thing: if you're actually going to use a Tarask in your game, you got to go all nice. out. Just imagine, yeah. like. If the, if the players haven't seen the miniature hidden away, you've managed to somehow hide this sort of massive 16 inch miniature. And yeah. they're around the corner and you pick that up and you plop that down on the battle map. Uh, I mean, and then you just see the slate of hand checks there. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> I actually was in a game with someone who has this like shelf of miniatures that have right, these like right. great, huge, like dragon, uh, sculptures mm. on them that are gorgeous and then mm. um nobody noticed the one time that one of them was missing right. <laughs> and then we sit down and all of a cu- sudden out of the corner comes this huge huge like gorgeous <laughs> tiamat <laughs> and it was just like oh wait that's happening okay <laughs> Ooh, we have heard we have heard <laughs> uh, talking of tiamat i saw this week i saw a plushie a tiamat plushie I can't Ooh. remember now where I saw it, so I can't. I can't show you it, but oh, I, I, I saw it somewhere. That sounds adorable. Uh, it was... sounds very relevant to everyone's interests. Yeah, right. yeah, just yeah. Saying. I know. I wish. I wish I could remember where it was now. But I'm sure if you Google Tiamat plushie, you'll find. I adore plushies that have multiple heads. I got my niece a Cerebus plushie. Uh, oh right, for... right. Uh, Christmas a couple of years ago. Mm. It helps that my niece's name is Persephone. So <laughs> that's an awesome name. I'm mm. jealous of people with awesome names. I have a rubbish name. I don't know. It just name. means that my sister's really cool. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, um, right? Did you see mm. earlier this week there was a source book that popped up and then disappeared uh-huh. on mm-hmm. DM Guild from Wizards of the Coast? It's about the magical appearing and disappearing rabbit in the hat source book. How exciting. Mm-hmm. What, so what appeared in do we know? Uh, so it was Minsk and, and Boo's Journal of Villainy. 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 And it's from Wizards of the Coast. It appeared on DM's Guild, and it was it's a charity release. Yeah. Um, it was about um, $15, I think, and about 150 pages. I didn't, I didn't see it in time to get it, so I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Ooh. But it was, I think it was about 150 pages. And yeah, so it's a supplement that covers a whole bunch of places and people and stuff, both from the Baldur's Gate games. Right. And sort of details on Baldur's Gate and some of the cities around, oh. around oh. that area. Um, but yeah, it appeared and then it vanished again, like a, a day later. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows why. Well, like the same way that things appear on Amazon when they're not supposed to. <laughs> oh my gosh. I. That was that was not a secret thing. The, you're talking about the Theros thing that happened uh, a couple years ago? That could be uh, like literally any number of things I'm talking about. <laughs> every, every single book. <laughs> there, there, was, there was one that happened with Theros where mm. you could, if you, if you searched the actual, mm. if you somehow like searched Theros or something, one of the things that would come mm. up was oh. a link to the Amazon listing that was not supposed to be up right, right then. And right, it was right, Amazon's right. fault. And I remember talking, this was when I was working in the office and talking to one of the leads on it. I think it was James Wyatt. And mm. I was just like, did you know about this? And no one in the office knew. And I had to <laughs> tell them. 
no 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 and by then it had spread all over the internet of course and everybody knew about it yeah Mm -hmm. I mean that happens with pretty much every book now though I think just because of the supply chain situation it's just so Mm -hmm. hard to keep these things secret and it's also so hard to disseminate what's an accident and one's like oh it's totally an accident (laughs) oops did I accidentally reveal this so I think when we're talking about Mexican Boo's villainy book, mm-hmm. we also have to talk about the fact that everyone's going to be disappointed. Because if you remember, there was a, an alt cover revealed that had a hamster on the cover. Yes, yeah, and yeah. it's likely re- related to Minskin Boo's villainy book, mm-hmm. not unfortunately any kind of Spelljammer release. That's it. That, that's that, yeah. um, that, ha- that. Hamster cover was part of, as you say, uh, an alt cover for a book. Yes. It was supposed to be an alt cover for an upcoming book, yes. Yeah. What, you think it was the alt cover for this one? I mean, it would make sense. I mean, Mince, uh, I mean, Boo is supposed to be a miniature giant space hamster. Yeah, yeah. My my, my only thought is DM's Guild releases don't tend to get alt covers, though. Mm. Um, It could have been removed because it was supposed to be a double release. So it is actually a, a print release. I did find a theory on the internet about why it disappeared then disappeared. Mm. Yes. And this is a complete theory and it almost certainly might not be true. <laughs> almost certainly <laughs> might not be true. What did I just yes. almost Wild certainly speculation. might not be true. speculation. <laughs> An important part of any news program in this modern age. <laughs> um, but apparently the um, markings on on his head were mm-hmm. on the wrong side of his head or something. Like the artwork had been flipped or oh. something. So oh. I So I read somewhere, I can't verify this, and maybe it just got pulled temporarily to correct that, but that might not be true at all. I don't know. Oh, it's just a thing I saw on the going for a couple of days and you can't remember anything. You're like, oh, I saw a thing about plushie in a dream. <laughs> There's a fan theory. <laughs> <laughs> we well, all know the things that, that I saw. Face was reversed. Things that I saw on the internet are all true. <laughs> if it's on the internet, it's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so I have just quickly found a <gasps> yeah. Someone did get hold of the book, and we know what's in it. Okay. Nice. So it That's delves quick. briefly. Yeah, they got it while it was up. It delves briefly right. into the lore of the early noughties, mm-hmm. Neverwinter Nights, with its list of NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, with Arabeth did uh, Arabeth de uh, Miranda making a cameo appearance with eleven detailed hench people, and getting this off DiceBreaker.com. Um, stat blocks for a bunch of monsters, um, mm. including those from the Baldur's Gate series and Ooh. demon lords, including, uh, Bowser, Baal, Mephistopheles, and Pazazu appearing as possible campaign being, uh, villains. Ooh. That's pretty cool. So now That's I want this book. Now I want it. And now it's gone. Um, I missed it. It succeeded. <laughs> uh, hopefully it will come back. It will come back. Yeah, I, I reckon it will come back in a day or two. Yeah. Or maybe it won't. I don't know. Yeah, so. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Who knows? No one knows. <laughs> well, right. hopefully wizards know. Oh, I imagine they know, yeah. Yeah. It'd yeah. be weird if they didn't. Yeah. Like, oh, when we release this book. Oh. <laughs> hey, do you remember <laughs> when <laughs> the um, ex-Bioware guys released Odyssey oh. of the Dragon Lords, it was called? Oh, yes. Okay, that's a while back, yeah. Yeah, that was wait, a year ago, two years ago, something like that. Uh, something like two, two and a half years, yeah. On Kickstarter, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Kickstarter. Yeah, it was Kickstarter. Yeah. They have just released um, something called Raiders of the Serpent Sea. Ooh, so nice. it looks like it's an upcoming Kickstarter, but there's a free player's guide. Ooh. And it looks like it's a Norse mythology campaign. So, like, Odyssey of the Dragon Lords was sort of Greekish. Yeah. 
dish well, with I, dragons. I, I, and I don't remember. It sounded quite interesting. Yeah, I, it was, exactly what I think I think it was sort of Greekish, and I think it looks like this one is, you know, again, it's not actually Norse, but it's sort of Norse-ish. Yes, Norse adjacent. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, the Norse mythology campaign. It's from the lead designer of Dragon Age Origins and Neverwinter Nights. Looks like Modiphius is handling the distribution again, like they did for Odyssey of the Dragon Lords, because that's credited to Modiphius there. Um, so uh, this is like, um, yeah, so this is an epic fantasy campaign introduced Grimnir, a new mm. campaign inspired by Norse myth. Yeah. Um, it's got a special link to the lost continent on Odyssey of the Dragon Lords called Thylea. And, mm-hmm. um, Raiders of the Serpent Sea has new class archetypes, including the Ranger Bard and Wizard archetypes, new player races, the Wicker and Tall Folk, a glory system, mm-hmm. which fuels your character's ability to boast to overwhelm mm-hmm. adversaries. Yeah. And four epic backgrounds. Ooh. Which is kind of cool. It's a decent old cover, isn't it? It looks like uh, the magic runic tattoos are in full force. Mm. Possibly from... Drinking from all those like exciting wells that make everything go glue yeah. blue. That's kind of cool. That's free to download. Yes. And the Kickstarter looks like it's coming soon. Yeah. Well, well, did that? Uh, Honestly, the Dragon Balls did like half a million, didn't it? It did really well. Massive yeah. amount. Half a million dollars. So I, I imagine this will do similar. Mm. Yes. Oh, I should look forward to finding out more about it. Yeah. 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 Let's see what else what in the news then. Oh, right. So this one I'm slightly uncomfortable about talking about. Just because oh. the leaked Twitch data. Oh, like Did you Twitch see that? got. I know Twitch got hacked, and a lot of people were very keen that I change my Twitch streaming key. I wasn't entirely sure what was about it, but they said, "Well, if you don't, then if it's been leaked, people can broadcast under your name and artificially right. generate all sorts of horror." So I was like, right. Oh, all yeah. you had to do was reset it. That's so that's just the instructions online uh, and reset it. Yeah. So yeah. that's not quite the the, the news here. Though. Right. That, that oh. did happen. But yes. as a side effect of the hack, yes. they, someone managed to get hold of all the payouts to the top 100 highest paid Twitch streamers from 2019 through to 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got hold of the information about the payouts rather than the actual payouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have the money. They've got a list of Which is what it sounds like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that would be quite a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they haven't stolen the money. No, they've got they've got hold of a list of payouts. Yes. Critical role is right at the top. Now it's Twitch's biggest. I mean, I... It's the largest commercial venture, as far as I'm aware. I don't really know who most of the people on this are. I, you know, I'm not really... A video game player. Are you and I- more of a stream watcher, Morgan? A little bit. I used no. to like stream on Twitch actually yeah. a bit, but mm-hmm. I had like this kind of like little local community. Mm-hmm. I've stopped streaming and have moved on to other things, but mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. I watch things here and there. Never got into Critical Role, but I know a lot of people who are very big fans. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I am acquaintances with a few of the cast members and former cast members, and they are good people. Yeah. And if if I see them at a convention, we'll probably sit down for a meal. Mm. But it, yeah, I don't know. I just there's so many things to do. Yeah, <laughs> and it is four. It is four hours. Yeah, yeah it's long. Um, yeah, anyway, so- back back to this list. So yeah, yeah, critical role tops the list, and then it's followed by someone called XQ. 
Carol and then Summit 1G and then I, I you know, I don't know who these people are. They're obviously mm-hmm. very big in Twitch streaming world. Ooh. But Critical Role was up there. So they made like nearly $10 million over those two years, which is a yeah. lot of money. And there's this weird kind of thing going on mm-hmm. at the moment where there's some people very angry at them because of this. So they Rich- became hugely popular mm. and people gave them lots of money and people are angry that they have lots of money. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what's fueling this. I don't, I don't quite understand it. I mean, good on them. I mean, if you can, if you can. If people I mean, they've pay got, like, to watch you play games got, for four hours yeah, a time. Yeah, they've got like 30 people and they're running right? a company. That's not actually yeah. a massive amount of money when it comes to what they're doing yeah. anyway. So I think the issue came up and I, I have not been following this hugely, but mm-hmm. I did see something about it on my timeline. Mm-hmm. But I think the issue came up with is like kind of some tax stuff because they do so much with charities mm. and stuff like that mm. that people are accusing uh, the people behind Critical Role of tax fraud. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, so I, that that's that's what I was kind of reading about. I, don't, I just don't know what fuels this sort of animosity towards yeah. people who are successful. My, 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 mm-hmm. my understanding of the American Americans are not great. But I do know that the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, does have a fairly tough line on like people trying to not pay tax. They're not. They're not. They're, yeah. not, they're not understanding about it in any way whatsoever. Yeah. So, I can tell like, you that HRS, HMRC are quite insistent as well when you're running a small business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you're yeah when you're running a small business, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, like the only people who actually end up getting away with that are people who like are like doing like the. Like, corporate hmm. like lobbying and stuff and yeah, i can't yeah. just can't see critical role nah, being no, involved no, 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 in that it's like it's like 10 million dollars <laughs> it's not the sort of scale that we'd have to talk about to be able to <laughs> yeah that's what real will yeah. oh. critical yeah. role i mean that's obviously not their only revenue stream anyway no indeed, i mean indeed. they publish games and books oh, label. now they, yeah. they, they, they had a 10 million dollar kickstarter they've got an amazon deal for a uh, oh. uh, animated show um, yes. they've got merchandise, you know, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're a company, they're an entertainment company with a variety of different revenues. They, they, they have their own brand going along quite nicely. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it seems reasonable, actually. Well, I like, imagine that some yeah. people look at it and just see like those sort of five or six people on screen and just think that's it. And then they mm. take 10, 10 million and divide it between them. And it's like, that's not how yeah. it works. There's yeah, an yeah. actual studio yeah. they're running yeah. and like 30 yeah. people. And, you know, it's, yeah. that's not a cheap thing to do, is it? I, yeah. Yeah. I used to LARP with one of the people who was like a, a, a like a pr- producer there and was like all behind the scenes. Mm. And she's, she's like a, a person yeah. you can interact yeah. with. There are so many people behind all of these ventures mm. that like, yeah. I think are are hard to. Yeah. I, I talk about this a lot because I used to work in theater mm. and film in particular, and people think a lot of how hard it is to get in the film industry. Mm. And the film industry is actually there are so many jobs in the film industry yeah. if you don't mind being below the line. Mm. And that doesn't mean you can't make a lot of lo- money being below the line. I mm. know people who make very decent money uh, working on sets. Mm. Like, because there's always a movie shooting. There's always work Tell you to what, be found. On a it set. is one of the. Working most- on a set sounds fun too. I yeah. think I'd enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, free food. <laughs> oh, that too. Yes. <laughs> Solid perk. Um, may I just ask, what does below the line mean? Um, so the people who are above the line mm-hmm. are the people who are going to get essentially paid royalties. Okay. 
Um, so these are going to be the producers, the actors, mm-hmm. directors, things like that. Yeah. And the, uh, the people who are get. below the you line are... Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah. very, very clear explanation. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Packs Unplugged. December, they've Ooh. said full vaccination and masks are mandatory. Nice. Good. Good. Pleased to hear that. Oh, Star Trek Ooh. Modifius. There is a new yeah. tie-in, and it ties oh. in. So it's a, a role-playing game tie-in, but mm-hmm. it's a tie-in with the IDW comic book series, which I think yeah. did like uh, a, 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 you know, like the Enterprise's five-year mission originally. Yes. Yeah. I think it's like the last year of that. Oh, that is. So it's like a sequel to the original TV series, I think. Oh, okay. Um, and I think, um, I think that's what, um, that's what this is from Modifius. So it's, uh, let's have a, a quick look. It's a 26 page digital release. Um, it's pulled directly from the pages of, uh, the, it's called the Year Five series, comic book series, for use in Star Trek adventures, um, information on new factions, Tholians and Iquosa. Who is it? Iquosa. I don't know who they are. Um, non-player uh-huh. characters, including Harry Mudd and Gary Seven. Five starships. So, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. 26 pages. Fantastic. Will this one pick that up from the Modifius website? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I, for one, would love oh. to uh, play in an adventure involving Harry Mudd. <laughs> <laughs> there is available on Roll20 uh, a introductory adventure to Burn Bright. Uh, the system that's custom designed for oh, yeah, Roll20 yeah, yeah, yeah. by James Intracasso, uh, by Roll20 authors Phoenix, Arda Rose, Mandala, and Lucas Bronson Hall. Hmm, okay. So, yeah. What's that, it called? It's Burn Bright Eon's Gate. Eon's Gate. Yes. yes. Um, there was one other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. From Wizard of the Coast, a D&D studio blog talking about creatures and monsters. Okay. How they're going forward with those. Hmm. Um, so there's just a few quick takeaways from this. It was quite a, quite a lengthy article, but, um, mm. so some creatures that were formerly humanoids are now going to be monstrosities or phase or something else. Okay. Um, so humanoid is now reserved for creatures. They say other, in quotes, moral and cultural range of humans. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly what that means. I think it means, you know, elves and dwarves and things are still within that, yeah. within that bracket, okay. but maybe a, no, what rabbit kobolds? I don't know. I don't That's know. what I need to know. Right. Let's I focus know. on the real question. Mm-hmm. Kobolds and goblins, where are they? Uh, uh, right. That's not a thing I know. I don't know. Well, okay. So, uh, so the, the phrase they use, this type is now reserved for creatures who are human-like in their moral and cultural mm-hmm. range. They don't give examples though, so it's not, so I'm not sure what, what that includes and what that doesn't. Yeah. It seems like they're using that to describe like to include more things, mm. so they've got they're, they're using they seem to be using more tags is what I'm taking away from this to identify mm-hmm. presumably to make it easier to search for a monster like you know you want medium humanoid uh, and presumably frog maybe that would yeah. bring you up a pretty work. Well, tagging well, ta- yeah. well tagging monsters and stuff means that they react differently to different things in the game. Well, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, and I think that that's part of it is because they want things like if if you are playing as this character, like you should be affected. If they are somebody who is like a sentient non-monster mm. creature, you should be affected by mm. something. So I think that that's where they're going at it is, is like just because you're playing something like a kobold or a goblin, 
you should you should still be affected by things that yeah. affect humanoids and mm. your same group of players. You shouldn't get out of that by playing a quote mm. monster. Yes. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Just like mm. things like um, just like I don't. I'm trying struggling to think off examples off my head, but sometimes things aren't immune to conditions that they should be. It feels like yeah, like you could. I think you could knock a ghost prone or something, or you could charm a zombie. I can't remember the exact details. Are you there. saying, Peter, you can't knock a ghost prone? Oh, yeah. Well, well, I can. I, I can look at this. Well, 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 possibly <laughs> you can. I was referring to. Let me just let me just check to see whether I can knock those prone. I, w- I would assume yeah. not. Well, well. I think part of this is also like serves a non-mechanical purpose of like the kind of when you think about like mm-hmm. the idea of like characters that you're playing as intelligent mm. characters and calling them monsters yeah. and stuff like that i think it's tackling like some of that balance between like mechanics and yeah. like you know tactfully approaching like non-human sentient yeah. weird creatures so when, when they talk about like, in answer to your question earlier peter when for example mm. a goblin i would certainly say a goblin is within the moral and cultural range of humans without oh, a doubt well, yeah me too but like it's not our game so yeah, but I think that's probably what fish. they're saying, though. That a goblin will yeah. be. I think probably yeah. that's okay. what you're going to find. Oh, oh, I checked, and in basic fifth edition, a ghost is uh, able is immune to the condition prone, so you cannot knock a ghost prone. Rest. I can. You can't. Well, you can in your own game. <laughs> <laughs> Just as soon as you edit edit the online rules. <laughs> so anyway, they talk about alignment here as well. Yes. So uh, alignment had a. Well, this is interesting. So. Alignment had a timeout for a couple of books, Candlekeep Mysteries and Van Richten's Guide. Yes. And now it's come back mm-hmm. again. So mm. it wasn't a permanent timeout. So it had a timeout. And now what they're doing is they're setting out some set rules for when and how they'll use alignment. So they've got them listed here as bullet points. So what they say is only named individuals are going to have a definite alignment. Okay. So I guess sort of like Tiamat would have a definite alignment, but a black yeah. dragon wouldn't necessarily have a definite alignment. Okay. Um, generic humanoids bear the words any alignment. Okay. Magical creatures that have a strong moral inclination, angels, demons, devils, that sort of thing, will have an alignment preceded by the word typically. So a demon isn't hmm. typically chaotic. Hmm. Uh, and then creatures like beasts and oozes, which are incapable of moral discernment, lack an alignment, and therefore bear the term unaligned. Well, the example sense. that they got on the page is a bully with knight, which is a medium humanoid. Typically, keyword, lawful good. Mm. Yeah. So I guess it's lawful good in the same way that angels and demons are lawful good? Question mark? Demons aren't lawful good. Demons, no. it specifically or, says, is typically chaotic evil. Typically, yes, but that, that implies the existence of lawful good demons. I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think demons have a sense of sentience and independence, right? right? right. Okay. And so, like, even if they are demons and they grow up in the abyss and stuff like that, they probably are going to be chaotic, evil, like... Interesting. But, but there is this one novel about this one lawful good demon that is growing up yeah. there and struggling with that fact sort of thing. Yeah. There isn't a book of that, but I'm suggesting yeah. that. That's where, well, as far as we're yeah. aware, there isn't, but you yeah. never know. Yeah. Creatures yeah. such as most bees and beasts and oozes that are incapable of moral discernment continue to lack an alignment. Do you know what? Therefore, bear the term unaligned. And this is quite interesting because it sort of implies at some point someone's going to have to say what is good and what is evil. Mm. And 
I'm not sure I'm ready for that level of epistemology in my role-playing games. Hmm. Ah. Oh, I get into that a lot in my role-playing <laughs> games. So basically, look, look at this. So profi- proficiency bonus as well. They're mm. going to be including proficiency bonus. They're going to yeah, be separating bonus actions yeah. out. Spell yeah. casting is going to be put into actions of on a stat block. As the meme mm. says, I can yeah. only make sad counter spell noises. Mm. So all mm. of this, though, interesting. Yes. Nearly all of this is exactly what we've done in the Monstrous Menagerie. Yes. Paul yes. Hughes has done. Almost all yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, we're slightly different on the alignment in that we generally yeah. don't use alignment unless it's a magically aligned creature like a demon or an angel. Yeah. So yeah. Otherwise, we yeah. generally don't have alignment, even, don't even mm. mention it. Yeah. But uh, other than that, this is all stuff that we're already doing. Hey, we're ahead ahead of the curve. Hey. Hey. (laughs) The thing I think is weird about this is I don't think they needed to do this. Okay. I don't think they needed to codify it. I think they could have just, like, saved this as a, like, in your game, you can hear some advice we have for tackling Mm. things like alignment and things with these type of creatures. But I think them saying this is how we're going to handle things from now on and codifying Mm. it is honestly going to create more problems with people getting mad at like, oh, this is the definitive mm. way. When really, D&D has always been about like, we give you tools, here is our game, but it's to make yeah. your game. Mm. Like, it's supposed to be a take what you want and leave the rest kind mm. of game. All role-playing games are. And so I just think it's weird that they feel the need to like, change and retcon things that were already things that people were leaving out and people were keeping yeah. in like there's there's no reason to really adapt and, and change I think, that I think one of the I reasons think. for doing that is organised play and stuff like that to make sure that everybody's mm. on the same playing field and using the same standards I guess maybe uh, or maybe writing adventures yeah. and so forth or yeah so yeah. It, help, it helps on that yeah. point of view. but I agree yeah. definitely if you're home game like everybody just does what they want anyway I mean yeah, yeah. I say that there are certain people out there that like yeah. to stick to the rules exactly as written. And they're very, very, I'm, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of sticking to the rules as written, although I regard setting and system as different beasts. Mm. So, yeah. I personally um, will not use any rules of written, as written. I will only use rules that are given to me via the means of interpretive dance. Well, I'd best limber at them. So, okay. so don't write your rules down, dance them, and then, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it is then canon. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of bar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anyway, anyway, they also talk about character races here. Mm. First of all, my first Mm. takeaway from that is they're using the word races again Mm -hmm. because they went away from that for about nine months, I'd say. Now they've come back to it. They went with lineages for a while. Mm. And I think they used another word at one point, but I can't remember what it was. Mm. Pass. So I don't know if they were just kind of like testing the water with different terminology or something, but they've come back to races, it looks like. That's what they're using here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think they ever went away from races. I think they were just like, because the, the lineage thing was something that came in mm. in Tasha's, right? Right. Like, it was just like, here's an alternate origin system if you want to do something to customize it if our set races yeah. don't work uh, for you, right? So. Uh, well, this is this is what they are now doing with races, so, um, mm-hmm. the new races in the world beyond the witchlight, which is the fairy and the haringon, um, are in their kind of final mm-hmm. form in that book. And you will see characteristics in that book and in other upcoming books from now on. So they're a mm-hmm. good example of what they're doing. So what we've got here, we've got creature type. 
So this is this is the same as what they were saying before about monsters. So the character race <laughs> in the past, they say, was presumed oh. to have humanoid as a creature type. Now, with the new ones, the character's creature oh. type is specified. So a fairy is okay. a fairy creature type. Okay. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Ability score increases. Character races now don't have the ability score increase trait that players' handbook races had. Yeah. Um, and instead, you can increase one ability score by two, another one by one, or... Three ability scores by one. I mean, we've talked about this before, yeah. so I think people know. know yeah. Oh, here's a here's an old chestnut that appears to be going back over the fire. Uh, the cure wound spell does not work on a construct or an undead. Okay, no. that's fine. What about warforged? Are they now going to be construct humanoid, construct, or just a humanoid that happens oh. to be made of metal? I guess you have to wait and find out. We will have to wait and find out. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't know whether they're going to update like the Eberron book to match the new rules, are they? So I don't know whether how that will work. No. Maybe it's obviously a cue for asking. I don't know. <laughs> um, age. New characters are going to lack an age trait. Instead, they're just going to talk about the typical lifespan. Hmm. Which, yeah, okay. fine. Uh, alignment. Just they're going to have no alignment suggestions. Alignment is entirely under the player's purview. Mm-hmm. Uh, size, um, you can choose with some races whether you want to be medium or small, mm-hmm. reflecting the fact that some races contain a broad range of builds. Mm-hmm. Languages, the new races lack traits that are cu- purely cultural, so they don't include a language trait. Instead, you start knowing common and one other language. Oh, exciting. I wonder what cultures they'll be able to choose from. Oh, no, sorry, different game. My <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that is it, basically. That's the article. That's what they're doing mm. with, uh, with monsters and with, and with races. Right. Mm-hmm. Going forward. It sounds like they're making some fairly seismic shifts. Yeah. I mean, this presumably yeah. all ties into the evolution of D&D stuff that's coming in three years. Oh, yes, yes. The totally not sixth edition. <laughs> the yes, totally not sixth edition, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, I think we have finished the news. Do you know what time I think it is? About three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. I think Sorry. it's time that we played our favourite game in all the world. The game where <gasps> I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. <laughs> it is more fun than it sounds, I promise. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, it's going to get any better over the time. Okay then. So, Peter, would you like to go first? Yes, would I? Absolutely. Okay then. So, Peter, what is yes. Level Up Advanced 5th Edition? Ooh. No. That's a head scratcher. <laughs> <laughs> what is Fight with Spirit? Oh. Uh, I don't know, but I suspect I'm clicking through on that link to find out what's going on. Uh, Fight with Spirit. That says to me it's probably going to be a sort of a martial game, but also with maybe a sort of a, well, I say spiritual twist, like um, ghost spirits, ancestors, however you want to frame it. They are sort of in the mix. Um, What I would like to see is something that isn't fantasy. It's like maybe more of a Monday setting. And I don't know, so uh, got got maybe some of that feng, feng shui vibe where you're like going along. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Don't help him. Mm, <laughs> uh, and you're like going along, and um, then um, and you've got uh, 
uh, it, was, it was like doing adventures and all a bit like things like ghosts and stuff where they're like you know on, so you know, the party can see ghosts and talk to them and everyone else is like what are you doing why are you talking to the wall right now could you could you not <laughs> and that sort of thing and that's what shenanigans and yeah um so yeah sort of almost paranormal romance i guess yeah, yeah that's what i'd like it to be what yeah. is it it's not that oh it's not no even slightly that okay what it is yeah. it's a sports drama rpg which is a really sports drama. <laughs> I, 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 it's not okay. what I'm wanting, but I'm on board with this. Please continue. <laughs> so, um, it says sports. So, a collaborative tabletop role playing game mm-hmm. about a sports team growing up together and fighting for their passion. Oh. In this game, you will hone your skills, face down rivals, and strive to take your team to the national championships. Oh. It sounds like a sports anime. It does use the word anime there as well, sports anime, yeah. yeah. The, the Mighty that, Ducks RPG. Is that, oh. is that a genre I was not aware of until this yes. moment? Sports anime. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sports animes well, are okay. really big. <laughs> That's what so this is, then. Learn something. <laughs> there, are, there, there is a sub-genre with a diehard following of anime mm-hmm. for everything. Uh, there, I have a friend who particularly loves food oh. anime. Uh, Interesting. I can't even imagine yes. what that is. It's an uh, anime about food. Uh, I will say, mm-hmm. Peter... I am now suddenly dying for a World of Darkness meets like Kung Fu Feng Shui style game. That that is that so. is the problem. That every time we do one of these, <laughs> someone suggests something, and then everyone goes, "I really want to play that game." Okay. <laughs> I mean, as always, feel free to steal the ideas and use them. I'm, I'm not going to them. My God, developing is far too hard. Work. Yeah, but Morrowind's <laughs> going to like that one now, aren't you? Oh, so, uh, it's contractually blinding now. You That's said all. it. You can't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this uh, this fight with spirit, a sports drama RPG. Peter, I'm afraid I got to give you a minus a thousand points there because you were not even close. But oh. I do like the sound yeah. of your game. Um, this yeah. has uh, almost funded. It's about a um, thousand Australian dollars off funding, and it's got 17 days to go, so it is definitely going to fund. Nice, right there. Solid. And that sounds kind of fun. Yeah. And I've never seen a sports drama RPG before in my life. No. Something new. Go on. You can do it. Okay, then. Next one. So this one is for Morrigan. Are you ready? Yes. I guess I am. Flabbergasted. With an exclamation mark at the end. Flabbergasted. Mm. I'll be honest. This does not sound like an RPG. This sounds like a uh, social party game. Um, where you, it's, it's something where you, <laughs> kind of like what we're doing now, where you, where you say something that may or may not oh, be okay. true and you're like super surprised that it either isn't true or super surprised that it is so, true. Kind of like the, a tooth, truths and a like lie a, a kind of thing. A version of truth or dare meets Baron Munchausen sort of thing is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we yeah. know it can't be that because it is um, all about RPGs for us. So it's got to be an RPG. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, um, uh, yeah, I will, I will give yeah. you that much information. It is an RPG or RPG related. Okay. So taking that and making it an RPG, because that's what immediately first came to yeah. mind. Um, flabbergast with an exclamation point. I don't know. I mean, the, the, it just screams the unexpected mm. to me, but I don't know what that <laughs> means because it's the unexpected. So. Uh, can I, can I, can I forfeit? Can oh, I pass? You can. You might as well make it. Yes, but, 
I just okay. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Are you a fan of Jeeves and Worcester? Forty Towers. Okay. 1920s, the Roaring Twenties, mischief and mayhem and comedy. I mean, if it's got enough triangles, that can be probably Art Deco, because <laughs> I'm all about that. Yeah. So this is a comedic tabletop RPG set in the Roaring Twenties. Okay. Join a social club oh. and get up to mischief and mayhem all before your afternoon tea. Afternoon cocktail, thank you very much. Yeah. It's rules light, <laughs> narrative driven. Uh, you can take on the role of a aristocrat, a well-to-do, a bohemian, or one of the steadfast help. Ah, I see. So... Sounds like... Yeah. You can basically play someone completely useless, but kind of charming. <laughs> or you can play someone who actually gets stuff done. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It, does, it, does, it does kind uh, of look fun, uh, to be n- Nice internal game loop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it does... Uh. It sounds like it's a Monty Python sketch the game. <laughs> now that I would play. Peter would not, because Peter hates Monty Python, but I would play. I don't hate Monty Python. I hate people quoting Monty Python at me repeatedly. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So this has funded. Um, it had a £7,000 goal. It's done over £20,000. It's got 11 days to go. And that looks, does look kind of cool. That's my uh, that's my favourite so far this week. Let's have a look. What else we got? Hmm. The others are really easy to guess just from the names. Oh no! What a shame. Yeah, but they don't make them good for this game. But I will. I, so what I'll do, I'll mention them, but um, we'll, we'll just stick at the two for the game. So one is the practical guide to becoming a great GM, which is obvious what it is from the title. Mm-hmm. Um, from how to be a great GM. The other is from Sly Flourish, and he's going to be on the show. Ooh. Two weeks? A couple of weeks, yeah. Probably, yeah. probably soon, anyway. Soon. Um, the Lazy DM's Companion. Ah, which has done very well. He has a habit of launching Kickstarters at exactly the same time as me when I'm doing a big Kickstarter. And he's done that like, the last two or three years in a row. It's not deliberate, but it just keeps happening for some reason. Um, but this is the latest in his book, 64 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, well and truly funded. He's done over $200,000 with two weeks to go. Doing mm. very well. Okay. Yeah. I think this is because normally uh, his Kickstarters give you a coupon to buy the print-on-demand at cost and try to RPG. If I remember correctly from when I looked at this earlier in the week, this is his first time doing an actual offset print run, which is interesting. be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, like, doing offset print runs now, if you know there's one before, that seems like a bold choice, but I'd like to it. Yeah. Once, once, you, once you do it, it's nowhere near as complicated uh, as it's going to be. No, I was thinking more think, like uh, the... Like shortage of materials, the difference in shipping physical products anywhere. Well, yeah, yeah. that doesn't help, does it? No, no. But no, fair play to him. Um, I'm sure he's got it all planned out and uh, will succeed dramatically. So, yeah. Hey, good work, Mike. Right then. So, it does look like, <laughs> Morrigan, you have actually won with zero points because Peter got minus one down. So, That's it. congratulations. You are the winner of this yes. week's favourite game in all the world. You get to take home the metaphor- metaphorical trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Congratulations. Okay. Bravo, bravo. Well played. Oh, I was going to walk away with that. Uh, okay. Just how you go. I understand. <laughs> The council is in session. On the agenda today, we'll be discussing the dire threat facing our community. Ah, you mean the squirrel plague? Don't worry, I've assigned extra street cleaners next week. No, I refer to the waking of the great fire drink. 
Vermin Atraxus, the Doom Ridden. Ah, the dragon, right? Yes, we predict a 98% chance of citywide annihilation. Then let us put our heads together and come up with options. Well, uh, we could hire... Wait, wait. Wind back a minute. Huh? What did you say the dragon was called? Vermin Atraxus, the Doom Ridden. Doom Ridden? Yes, Doom Ridden. Is that Ridden, as in Doom is riding the dragon, or Ridden like Ridden with Please? The latter, I think. Does it really matter? Oh, it's just that it doesn't really make much sense, does it? I honestly can't say I'd give this any thought. Uh, anyway, you were saying there was somebody we could hire. I mean, being ridden with doom sounds like a pretty bad thing, if you ask me. Yes, I'm sure, but possibly if we could focus, get back to the problem at hand. Hi, how are you today? Not great, I'm ridden with doom. You see what I mean? Yes, yes, but that doesn't really help us right now, does it? I mean, thinking about it, if we view this logically, it seems like Verminatrix the Doomridden is doomed himself, so all we need to do is wait for his destiny to catch up with him. Uh, well, even if that is the case, what if it's in a hundred years' time? The Drake will be upon us within a week. Ah, true, true. Hey, what was that sea dragon which swallowed the Crimson Palace called? Oh, um, Dragorthara, the Inflagrated. Inflagrated? Yes, I think so. That's not even a word. So? Look, we have a crisis on our hands here. Are you sure it's not Dragorthora the Inflated? What? No! What are you talking about? Well, inflated wouldn't make much sense, but this is a word. Vermin attracts us. Inflagrated is sort of like inflagration. Was Dragothora on fire? I don't think so. Listen, Senator, I appreciate your interest in these matters, but we really must get back to the question of city defences. I was thinking of mounting a ballista here, here, and here. Inflated doesn't sound much like fun either. Uh, I'm not sure what would be worse, being inflated or being doom-ridden. And placing the Griffin Cavalry over here, thusly. Unless you're doomed by inflation, both at the same time and call upon the Archmagi to bring their potent spell power to bear. What do you think? Well, I just think they should make more effort. The Archmagi? No, no, the dragons. They should have grand-sounding epithets, like the Terrible, or Destroyer of Worlds, or Deathbringer. <sighs> this is getting ridiculous. Verbenatrixus, Destroyer of Worlds. How's a ring to it, don't you think? No. No, I don't think. I don't care what the dragon calls itself. All I care about is saving this city from certain destruction. I think I'll write him a letter. Offer a few suggestions. Will you please stop talking about the dragon's name? Ah, right, right, yes. Sorry. Focus, focus. Back to the topic at hand. Yes, the Archmagi. I've sent a message uh, to the Grand Magus, Calcione Intrinsic, with a request. Uh, sorry. Uh... Yes. What is it now? What did you say the Magus's name was? Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool? Good-looking? That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed, debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. 
Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Right then, so, today, I guess, is technically our Level Up launch party, kind of. Oh, and here's me without, like, a little party. Mm. (laughs) 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 I know, but, wow, that was our launch. Ah, yeah. It is now at, just hitting, just about to hit £246,000, whatever that is in dollars, $350,000-ish in the region. Let me go ahead and pull up the Kickstarter. I think I can oh, get oh, it's you just to tell me what it is in dollars. Oh, but I'm not sure how. 245.8. Nice, nice, nice. Oh. 245994 oh. is what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just ticked up as I said that. Oh, <laughs> we're on tenterhooks here. <laughs> mm. It's quite it's quite a... The drama. Yeah, well, it's just quite like... It's quite entertaining. You're sort of like sitting there and you're watching it. You're just going, go, just, just tick. Just tick <laughs> up again. Just tick well, up again. I can, I, can tell you how, I can tell you now what the secret... Because I've said all along, I had a secret number in my head as well which is what I thought it would do. Yes. I haven't said out loud mm. publicly anywhere Indeed. to anyone. Yes. But I can tell you now. So I thought it would do 250 total mm. in the whole Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... Wow. It's done that in the first three days. Yeah. So two, I, two, I underestimated. Clearly. 250, 350 seemed like it would be a really good shout. Mm. And I got to say that, that seems like a really conservative underestimate. Wow. Yeah, well, wow. Yeah. Well, traditional wisdom is you do three times what you do in the first day or two. Mm. So we're looking at probably about five hundred thousand uh, dollars, five thousand pounds total, whatever that is in dollars. Uh, Seven hundred thousand dollars. I think I'm correct in saying this is well. Obviously, it's your biggest Kickstarter so far for us, mm-hmm. but also it may be as big as your previous two biggest combined. Uh, maybe. Yeah. 140 for Judge Dredd yeah. and 125 for Zological Triggers. So, okay. So about 20 short then. Mm. As of today. <laughs> As of <Yeah>. right now <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So the Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition Kickstarter launches week. Doing really well. Yeah. And Morrigan, you were involved yeah. in the creation of this amazing, yes. amazing game. So, um, should we just like, what, what, what were the bits that you, you personally, uh, contributed to level up i did the parts about uh spending gold other Ooh. ways to spend yes. gold yeah. and because of what of you fun. wrote we're playing a thursday night level up game and i haven't spent a single penny of my gold yet because i'm saving up <laughs> i'm saving up for some of that stuff that you put in there oh well that makes me so happy what are you planning on getting well, actually, or should I, you not well say? i'm torn i'm torn at the moment Part of me wants to get a stronghold or a hireling, mm. but I was looking mm. at some of those pets, mm. and I was thinking, do I do I want a, I, do I want a pet? I'm not sure if I want a pet. I might get a pet. I don't need to kill We'll see. We'll see. Um, 
Or, so, or an egg. <laughs> so I did the pets and the eggs. Yeah. The stronghold yeah. and hirelings rules were, I think, a combination of, oh gosh, who was it that was... No, that was mainly me on that one because they, they're kind of based on the yeah. ones I wrote and what sold is new. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean... Yeah, I I think um like spending gold at higher levels was always a thing that when playing um five E people kind of find, Oh, I've got loads of gold and not an awful lot to spend it on mm. like tenth level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get And this was a way to address that. Yeah. You get you, you buy plate armor and mm. once you've got like four or five healing potions, it's like yeah. yeah. But now there's so many more interesting things to buy. Now we've got ways to suck away all of your gold. Yay! Yes. <laughs> Now you're going to actually have to try and choose what to spend it on. Yeah. So, uh, so what were, what's the sort of challenges? So when you come to something like this Ooh. and you're looking at um, how original 5e hmm. approached the concept of gold and things to buy, and you're thinking, well, how am I going to improve on this? What am I going to do? What's the sort of challenges in the process that you go through when you think, what, what am I going to do to improve the game, to make right. this better? So I think the biggest thing I think about is... What is absent when I play the game? Yeah. What are all of the things that my characters want to buy or that they obviously can buy but or spend their money on? But which I have to come up with how much it costs and how it works and mm. stuff like that. And overwhelmingly, at least in the games I run, people want pets. People mm-hmm. want a lot of freaking <laughs> pets. <laughs> and... um. I also end up with a lot of very charitable uh, characters. So that's what prompted me to come up with like the investing in settlements uh, mm. and charitable donation stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it would be really interesting if those gave mechanical boons. Yeah, and yeah. so that was actually probably my favorite bit to work on. Mm. And then the other part i'm really proud of is at the very top of that section is like about shopping and spending money and stuff is there's a bit of advice Mm. on how to handle shopping like whether it's right for your game to do it in downtime between sessions or do like a little shopping sequence if that's what your players want to do yeah so yeah so in in like um i don't watch a lot of um twitch streams but i do listen to some podcasts and it is interesting how from group to group it's very different where one I'll listen to one show and they'll they will literally spend an entire show shopping, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Whereas another show, you know, that's not their bag. That's not what they want to do. So they do the shopping off camera, as it were. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you're when you're listening to the actual show, you're you're just getting the action. So I think it's really good that you sort of like say, you know, shopping is a thing that you've got to decide as a group how you want to handle mm-hmm. Because it can be fun, but it's not for a it's the, it's the way it yeah, it, it depends. Like, mm-hmm. if you've got a monk and maybe a wizard in the party and a fighter, they're all going to have, like, different things they want at different times. And now, with things like charitable donations, that seems like the sort of thing that, well, an adept... Oh, that was a wonderful idea, yeah. ...be able to mm-hmm. donate to, yeah. I could... So talk about the charitable donations yeah. there. Can you give a couple of examples Ooh, yes. of, of what, what you mean by that? Yeah. So... I actually have the document pulled up because <laughs> I it was a while like ago. referencing yeah, things. Yeah. Gosh, I can't believe I've like we've been at this for over a year. Yeah, yeah, eighteen months, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah, uh, I remember getting so excited when uh, y'all emailed me back. That was I was not expecting that actually. Were you not? 
I seem to recall, because we, we did a sort of scoring system on all the... I don't want to reveal too much of what went on behind the scenes, but we blinded every, all the applicants and did a scoring system on various things. And uh-huh. then when we emailed everyone, I think yours was really, really high. Oh, <laughs> oh that, that, that makes me... Uh, I makes me go very blushy and modest. Um, uh, mostly because I I feel like I'm kind of uh, a a noob to this industry, and mm. so it's just so weird how many things I've worked on and stuff. You feel like you're a new like you're new to the industry after you've done like four five made a D and D products. Is that in in two years? So I, yeah, sure. I, okay. I just kind of. Well, it just feels like it hasn't been that long. Mm. Like I just basically went from Find your own business. Basically like mm. <laughs> Yeah. And just like just working a, a bad job and then suddenly getting an internship at my dream company and mm. then everything kind of spiraled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But mm. so uh rewards. There's a couple of different categories. Yeah. So mm. there's infrastructure rewards, mm. philanthropic reward, yeah, and yeah. philanthropic rewards. Mm. For example, if you some of them are are pretty like understand like um they make sense. Mm. So with you if you build a bridge, you obviously don't have to t- pay toll, <laughs> but you also gain advantage on charisma checks when interacting with common citizens mm. of the settlement. Ooh. And you also get to name it. Which is mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> I know I really love that idea of just like having these they're not massive mechanical benefits, but they are sort of like little Little, like you said, boots, which just affect mm-hmm. you when you're in the area, which I just think is really, cause it helps ground you in that location as well, doesn't it? And gives you a sense of belonging to that particular and, and community. Think, think of like the roleplay opportunities it evokes. Like you can say in character, don't you know who I am? While <laughs> Chad Flexington is stood on the Chad Flexington bridge. <laughs> this is my bridge. <laughs> I, I pay for this bridge. Where do you get off asking me for money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think it was really a privilege to work on this section because for me as both a GM and just as a game designer mm-hmm. in general, one of the things I'm a big believer in is I, I love like super narrative driven games that are loosey goosey and I love super crunchy games, but my hot spot is when those things merge together mm-hmm. and you have mechanics that reinforce role play and role play that inspires mechanics right yeah and that perfect blending is to me what makes a role-playing game Mm. yeah (laughs) and i think i think you nailed that basically it was i mean i i there we go that's what i'm gonna i'm saving up my money in our first night game that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make a charitable donation to the what town are we in in our game Uh, there we go i'm gonna make a charitable donation to that particular okay like any particular um, kind? Are you thinking like I don't think they need a bridge, but improve sewer <laughs> Maybe I'll just build a bridge. Maybe I'll just build a bridge anyway. Yeah, maybe you should. Yeah, you could also uh, build a school or a hospital. Yeah, oh. see, yeah. or or there's lots of dinosaurs. What about animal sanctuary, uh, menagerie, or a petting zoo? The animal sanctuary a is one of the a petting zoo. Yeah, an animal sanctuary. Yeah. There we go. Like yeah. getting the local dinosaurs together in one place so people can look at them has never gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in that documentary, Jurassic Park. It's like, oh, it's so unrealistic. Jurassic Park would never reopen if they thought people could die. And now here we are. 
Anyway, yeah. Moving on. Um, so I just want to say that the Kickstarter's gone up by another £300 while we were yes. talking just then. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. So I think some people might be a bit surprised, might have been a bit surprised when the Kickstarter launched and it was, uh, two core rule books and a monster book. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to sort of quickly mention that because we've been deciding for quite a while what to do about that core rule book as it started to approach a thousand pages. Mm-hmm. And we realized very quickly that we can't really sell a thousand page book. Oh. Because who's going to buy that? I mean, some people buy it, but most people won't buy that. You can can buy Mm -hmm. it, but I mean, just think of the GMs. Like, not everyone's got the upper body strength to wield such a mighty (laughs) tool. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) It's like, you know, a thousand pages. I don't even know, like, how long a thousand page book, because these, you know, these sorts of books are quite heavily used, aren't they? Yeah. They're not like an encyclopedia which sits on your shelf and gets pulled out twice a year. I mean... They're heavily used. And the binding on a thousand page book, I, I suspect, probably wouldn't hold up too well over heavy use. Well, not not, not yeah. as a reference book. Yeah, cracky. The, the oh. reference books that I'm mm. thinking of that are that long are things like dictionaries yeah. and, you know, yeah. like um, encyclopedias and mm. Bibles and mm. things like uh, that. Reference works for organic chemistry, that sort of jazz. Like, yeah, we're talking yeah. really yeah. meaty. Yeah. It's got to contain a huge amount of information. And mm. to be fair, like, there is a huge amount of information, but what I like is it's is it's not mechanics per se, it's content mm-hmm. to use the existing framework of mechanics, which is, yeah. yes. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? It's like everything you can, it's not like you're going to have to learn huge amounts of stuff to play this game. If you've got a basic grasp of D&D, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'll go uh, expertise, ice, all right, and you're done. And then you're like, okay, well, I can just use this and just use this. And there's so much. Oh, yeah, you're like, well, I know what a character class is. Yes. So this new fighter, I'll just use this. I know how a character class works. It's not yes, that, you're not learning a new game system. Yeah, right? it's, not, it's just mm-hmm. more options for fighter. Like yeah. um, the adept online, it's essentially feels almost like yeah, it's an adept, and you create adepts in a similar fashion to where you create warlocks. Yeah. So we previewed the adept yesterday, mm. and it's got some great feedback. Like people are liking it. Of course, I like it. It's amazing. Like one, <laughs> one. That, uh, that, uh, what the, the sort of the archetypal adept, the illustration, it's like, yes, this is, this is what a fighting dude looks like. It's like full bare knuckle stuff. It's like, yes, okay. That, that really takes you into the sort of thing that you're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. like almost a sort of Muay Thai sort of kickboxer sort of thing. And then, mm-hmm. and then it's just, there's just, there's just all the choices. And it's like, it's graded by level as well. And like, you know, if you, if you've read the Warlock class, you're like, okay, I think I know what I'm saying. So you've got lots of conceptual hooks to hand stuff off. It's, yeah. Mm. Uh, it makes me happy. I'm getting, I'm seeing happy smiles and nods over there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, going back to what I was just saying is, yeah, so that core rule book, thousand page core rule mm. book got split into two. Yes. What the ultimate thing was. So, um, we've got the adventurer's guide and then we've got trials and treasure, the two core rule books you can pick up there. So trials and treasure contains 500 magic items, yeah. 200 of which are brand new. Yeah. It contains uh, all the GMing advice, yeah. encounter building rules. Mm-hmm. It contains the exploration pillar and journey, right. which is important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's got all that. Um, but, uh, but to a certain extent, this is also a player-facing book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a GMing section yes. in it, but it's not. It's, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's analogous to the DMG. Not in no way, because mm-hmm. I mean, because there's a lot of like you, you, you can make your own magic items. 
mm-hmm. and being able to do yeah, that crafting rules, yeah. yeah well well yeah but i mean there's implications to that which means that actually knowing what you can make is mm-hmm. quite important and yeah. there's well also because because magic items now have a price yeah. the the implication there means therefore is player facing yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i think the the breakdown is like one is player options mm. and the other one is more about um, background info sort of thing like mm. it just yeah and it's it's like advice and like like playing the game yeah. one is playing the game because because gms are players too mm. so one is the actual experience of playing the game and the other one is kind of more of the like who are these people we are playing mm. and like character yeah creation character stuff. creation and stuff like that um, so yeah, uh, so in in total, there's like the three core books. Then so there's those two plus the monstrous menagerie, and then we got two add-on books. Mm. One of which, hang on, let me show you this. Yes. Oh. Ooh. <gasps> it's the one we finished first. Yeah. And I've got it in my hands right here. Yeah. Oh, that's a big level up on the front. Yeah. yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the level up version of mythological figures and maleficent monsters by Mike Miner and Russ Morrissey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was the first one to arrive, mm. and I am super happy with how this has come out. So this is we we produced mythological figures and Maleficent monsters what last year for five two two years ago I think two years ago yeah. okay for five e. Yeah. So this is the level up version. So basically, it's the same content. If you've got the original, mm-hmm. you probably don't need a new. Yes. But the stat blocks are all updated to the level up format with minor tweaks. Yeah. And, and, all, and then equally, if you were like, oh, I really missed out on that Kickstarter. I should have got it. Oh, the game was gone. Oh, what a fool I, uh, I was. Now's your chance to get it because you can use all those stat blocks in your game of original 5e. I personally mm-hmm. have been mixing and matching away quite happily in the games I've been running, taking stuff from basic 5e, adding in advanced 5e. Um, and yeah, it all just works. It's mm. kind of nice. I like it. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, back to Morrigan. So, yeah, I wanted to sort of touch on some of the other stuff that you mm. because, you know, it's... What so, specifically? Oh, uh, just generally speaking. So, you've worked on D&D quite mm-hmm. a bit yeah. um, with Wizards mm-hmm. of the Coast. I was just wondering kind of what it's like to work with Wizards mm-hmm. of the Coast on such a, you know, a, a pivotal core brand, such an important thing. What's, what's, yeah. what's the experience like? Is it... Uh, is it a very collaborative experience? Do you just get a specification and you have to write to that? How does it kind of So it kind I of think my, my circumstance was different because I, all of the books I wrote mm. were, I worked on were while I was working in the office. Right. So I was, my position, which I held for nine months, mm. was a, as a lore archivist. Mm. So I was supporting a number of different projects some that i still can't talk about that needed a lot of deep dives Mm. into older books Mm. and stuff like that to support newer products just seeing what's there so that people can go and pilfer through and be like yes no that's one of the things that i think was my favorite was that i had to do was i just had to read the entire icewind trilogy and just highlight and pilfer through and make notes and there's an entire like text document Mm. that pairs with an actual book of uh it's insane but um so that was my main job and i ended up also working on books while i was doing that Um, mostly because I expressed an interest in it and Chris Perkins was like, okay, here you go. (laughs) Um, Right, right. 
Um, and not just Chris Perkins. Uh, the other leads I worked with were um, Wes Schneider uh, for Mythic Odysseys of Theros, which I actually worked on while I was on the Magic the Gathering team because mm. my internship was on the Magic the Gathering team, yes. which is I kind of convinced them to let me work on that book because it was magic, yeah. right? Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I was working on Mythic Odysseys of Theros during my internship, and then I also started working on Icewind Dale while I was on that. As far as the collaboration, it depends on the book, it depends on who the lead is, mm. and I think it depends on the entire team, because some books have only a um, a couple of people working on them. Mm. Like Waterdeep Dragon Heist, it was just... Uh, Hake and Intracasso working on it. So that was a much different environment than Icewind Dale Realm of the Frostmaiden, which had a bunch of really talented uh, people working on it. And it was a really collaborative experience because we had this group chat and we were all interacting with each other. And it was honestly one of the best experiences I've ever had working on a project. Mm. So I, I, it just really varies, I think. <laughs> Yeah, that answers yeah. your question. Yeah, yeah, no, it does, it does, it does. No, I, I was just kind of just interested in just how how, how it all works. I mean, if, of, the, of the books that you've worked on, have you got a favorite thing that you contribute? Okay, contribute? well, I have a favorite thing and then I have the thing that I'm known for. Right, okay. My favorite thing would probably be um, in Mythic Odysseys of Theros, I did the section on divine assistance. Mm. Um, I helped design that with James Wyatt and it came about because I pitched it. I was like, I think this needs to be in this book. And they were like, Wes said, write it on spec. And then uh, James worked with me on editing it. And uh, it overwhelmingly, when I saw the reaction to this, they were like, this is stuff that needs to be in the DMG, just this advice on how to use gods in your game. Mm. It doesn't just apply to this, this setting. And I think that that was probably one of the most rewarding things to work right, on was right. just building something that has s- serviced so many GMs. Mm. So that was really good. The thing I'm the most known for is the goats um, <laughs> in Icewind Dale. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that story. It's been told a few times. Oh, uh, I have not. So I'm looking forward to hearing <laughs> it now. the story of the goats. <laughs> We're listening. Okay. <laughs> So, um, I wrote the adventure Mountain Climb in Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, mm-hmm. which at a certain point involves the party encountering uh, a few mountain goats on the mountain, uh, on Kelvin's Cairn. And I was kind of like tongue in cheek about the encounter and, and made it pretty fun. I think the actual sentence that's used is, a hostile goat cannot be quieted or... Uh, <laughs> it can't be calmed <laughs> down. Yeah, exactly. You can't subdue um, a hostile goat. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot use animal handling once you've already made them hostile. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but I sent the rough draft oh. to the rest of my crew, hmm. for the, the folks who were working on it, wonderful, wonderful group, and they were like, yeah, this is amazing. The goats were my favorite part. And then it just spiraled into this wild group chat, the way that group chats do of us just making goat puns. And we're like, <laughs> guys, what if we just put goats into all of our sections and tried to sneak sneak as many goats past Chris Perkins yeah, as we could? Good. And then I felt so guilty about 
me accidentally conspiring to do this that I walked up to Chris Perkins' desk because I was working in the office at the time and I was like, I'm sorry I did this thing. You, you owned and up. Then, <laughs> you confessed. And then, well, sense. then Chris was like, oh, that's amazing. I'm going to add more. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So is there, is there a final goat count for the adventure? Was yeah. anyone keeping track? 72. 72 goats. That's just one adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 72 goats, one adventure. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, That's probably the highest yeah. uh, goat per adventure ratio that I'm personally aware of. So I think it may be some sort of record. Yeah. So. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Now, we, we now that's a challenge. We have to improve on that. We yeah, have to write an adventure <laughs> with 73 or more goats in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... That was probably the, 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 my, my legacy. If I don't go down, if I, if people remember me for anything, it's probably that. Mm. Well, being, me- being remembered for goats is not a bad thing. If you're going to be remembered for something, be remembered for goats. That's what I always say, isn't it? Pete? Do I always say that? Oh, isn't that my catchphrase? Russ, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I heard that phrase postulates many times. <laughs> Go be remembered for one thing, be remembered for goats. I mean, I mean, it makes you the goat. Yeah, well, I guess so. Exactly. I mean, we are banned from the petting zoo on a lifetime basis, <laughs> but that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. So, is it, have you got a dream, a dream project you'd like to work on? Ooh. Sort of. I mean, not not maybe a specific book, but like an idea. Like, I'd really like to work on. I don't know a a D and D planescape thing, or I'd really like to do this or that. Is there anything or a pet that's setting. Or a goat, or a goat encyclopedia of D and D. Goat is just a one-time thing. Okay, so I'm just obsessed with goats like you are. So okay. <laughs> there's there's two uh, like um, IPs I would love to to work mm. on. Like, but there's also like a kind of dream project that I've loosely started planning, but it's so big in scope that I. I like am like I can't deal with this until after I finish right. planning my yeah. wedding. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, so I would love to work on with um, Monty Cook uh, specifically on something to do with the cipher system. Right. I love that system. I'm in love with it. Numenera is one of my favorite settings, and I I just. That is something that is probably my second favorite system to, to play mm. next to 5e. I don't even know if 5e is my favorite to play. It's just the one I play the more yeah. of, most often because of obvious reasons. And the other one is, and I promise I'm not sucking up, but I would love to uh, work on something that Judge Dread related. Really? That would be awesome. It's not, cool. often, it's not often I meet Americans that know uh... Judge Dread. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually a, my my partner is a huge Judge Dread fan. Right. Very, very big. Yes. Uh, he is running to catch up. <laughs> There's so many. You should, have, you should have reached out in the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time, <every> time. <laughs> yeah. I only got into it semi recently, mm. but have kind of. I, I do this thing where when I get into something, I have to know everything about it. Right, That's probably right, yeah. why I ended up working for Wizards as kind of a lore keeper. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just become this uh, this this kind of obsession. And when I when I realized, oh my gosh, there's a Judge Dread RPG. Oh my gosh, Ian. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> it was this. 
it was this overwhelming like thing of, uh, <laughs> yeah. cascade of events yeah no that's that's that's, that's, that's so weird it's just that 99 percent of the time when i talk to an american and they mention just dread it's usually only in context of either that stallone movie or the more recent oh yeah but the but cast, not the oh, comics yeah. at all just good. just yeah just movies. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's basically as far as far as it goes. So it's it's actually quite a treat when a, an American brings up Judge Dredd. I always, I always find that quite interesting. Yeah, I actually bought my partner a really. Can I swear on yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. It'll, okay. it'll get a, really... it'll, it'll get a, 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 bleep, a bleep, but that's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, a, a really a really badass <laughs> a Judge Death shirt. So. Oh, um, Nice. Yeah. yeah, I do like Josh Jane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's your that's your two uh, that's your two dream projects. Mm. So Numenera and Josh Dredd. Yeah. yeah. And so then my my pet project mm. is I want to write my own system mm-hmm. at some point, mm. and I'd love to pair it with kind of the setting I've been building for like three years. Right. The system I have loosely titled archetype that's kind of its working title and it is again combining those ideas of narratively structured mm-hmm. but um, mechanically driven okay. and lately there's always been this big push to abandon like races in favor of things like origin and heritages mm-hmm. i wanted to tackle that in a different way because okay. i really wanted it to be story focused so mm-hmm. there is my system would have no mechanical thing regarding what uh like character race you were um what species you were um and that would be instead replaced with what uh story archetype you were based on like Mm. the the 12 traditional story archetypes like like the the mage and the hero and things Uh, like that and so there would be a mechanical thing linked to what your essentially your your destiny, what your path is supposed right. to be. Mm. So in Lord of the Rings terms, like Legolas, Aragorn, Gimli, mm-hmm. how how would you break that down? Like Aragorn's like a mysterious stranger, Legolas. Uh yeah, I mean, so okay, uh, <laughs> I don't have the list no. in front of me, but there's like like the Jester. There's like this twelve mm. archetype. Yeah, I've, see- I've seen it before, but. I- I couldn't tell you offhand what was on. Yeah. Yeah. The 12 archetypical characters, uh, the innocent, the orphan, the hero, the caregiver. um, And and these are the ones that you can see in pretty much every story. Mm -hmm. You can break them down into these. And it's just one method of breaking down literature. Obviously, it's not the be-all, end-all, just like the hero's journey isn't the be-all, end-all in literature. But that is kind of this... The big part of it, the other part of it is I am in love with skill trees. Mm. So I wanted my advancement system to be based around skill trees Mm. instead of a traditional, you get this, you get this, you get this, here's your subclass, and then that's Mm. it. Um, I wanted it to be more modular. And um, Mm. so that is, uh, we would have like an arcane skill tree, a Mm. divine skill tree, and then a combat skill tree mm. maybe other stuff i don't know it's still kind of in development yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you could have things in two you can have a primary and a secondary mm. which would be like mm. there's inherent multi-classing yeah, yeah, if you yeah. wanted okay. to that sounds, that sounds 
fun. You said there's a, a, a inbuilt setting as well yes, that you wanted to try. I that. have a setting I've been working on for mm. quite some time that I've actually recently taken off the internet because I've decided to actually try and actually, maybe actually do it. copyright yeah. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's called Pastoria mm-hmm. and it is. <sighs> Imagine if the Wizard of Oz was in a like David Lynchian body horror kind of <laughs> <Okay>. thing. <laughs> um, I'm, sorry, I'm not getting that from the name. But <laughs> so Pastoria is actually the name of the original uh, king of Oz in the original Oz books. Mm. I am a huge obsessed with the Oz books. So it is inspired, like like based on the Oz books. I have documented I've read every all the 14 ones written by Baum and made sure that the only ones that I'm taking from that weren't written by Baum are the ones that are in the public domain. Mm. <laughs> and I have adapted that as well as incorporating some other fairy tales and stuff into my own setting and adding particular things I like, which I am a huge lover of body horror, and I love political intrigue, and I love surrealism and absurdity. Uh, Absurdist fantasy is probably my favorite kind of fantasy, so I really wanted to do something that, you know, you can have a normal D&D campaign, Mm. but a lot of times things take a turn for the weird, unusual, or downright horrific. (laughs) That sounds like my sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been running one campaign mm. in this setting for about almost a year now, mm. and it has been one of the most uh, fulfilling game experiences in a long time because I was so nervous about running something homebrew. It's not like it's the first time I've run something homebrew, but it's the first time I've really bared my soul with like this is my like magnum opus kind of thing Mm. and um all my players are responding really well to it so um i decided to uh kind of bite the bullet and start like developing it this as like i am going to make this a product so well you definitely have the pedigree to do it so (laughs) When? The question is when? When are we going to see it? Probably, like I said, I can't focus on any major projects like that <laughs> until after my wedding. Planning a wedding is a lot of work. I seem to remember my yeah. wedding and I didn't have to do any planning whatsoever. We'll just glare at this <laughs> at this point. I, I wonder why. <laughs> Let's not go into that. Yeah, yeah. My, my fiancé also isn't doing any work. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my major project right now is just getting that out of the way. But I'm also working on some other smaller things that I'm really excited about. Um, I have actually a really fun small project that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks on the GM's Guild, mm. which is... So last year, obviously, Icewind Dale, Rem, and the Frostmated came out. And one of the things that we were introduced to was Gnome Ceramorphs, which are uh, Mind Flayer... Well gnomes that were put through ceramorphosis, uh, mm-hmm. but it didn't quite take. So they're like chibi mind flares. <laughs> they're those gnome-sized mind flares <laughs> that retain parts of their personality and some memories mm. from their previous life. 
And so I have worked with uh, some amazing uh, people, Andrew Welker, um, who did the Tasha's Cauldron of Everything Else, which was a super successful DMs Guild product. And Brianne Dannon is doing the uh, art. And it's just this cute little small thing uh, that's a subclass for gnomes, uh, sorry, subrace for gnomes, uh, that you can play. But it also ha includes stat blocks and lore for a traveling space pirates <laughs> group of these gnome ceramorphs that you can include in your game as allies or rivals or uh, vo foes or the like. Chippy, gnome-sized, mind flayer, space pirates. Yes. That's pretty amazing to me. Interesting. There's also a map for the ship. <laughs> yeah. Who would not want that? <laughs> well, I, hope, I hope you want to hit Russ. <laughs> 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 well, I'm asking for uh, which particular Thursday. I'm asking for no one in particular. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know exactly when it's going to come out. Right now, it's in layout, but probably either end of October Ooh. or early November. Oh. Um, it is basically done, but uh, you will definitely see me tweeting about it once I it is will. done. Yes, uh, fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other major thing that I have that I worked on was the Agartha Enchained Kickstarter, which Ooh, uh, is yes. coming up soon. You mentioned that. Um, so... If you go over, uh, if you go to the Kickstarter for that, there it's from Realm Warp Media. So if you follow them on Twitter, they have a link to the Kickstarter mm. page. It hasn't launched yet, but oh. you can follow it and be uh, notified when it does launch. It is from the same people who did Cities of Myths, so Fallen Camelot, Atlantis Divided. It is a you play as these planar traveling explorers who end up in these cities of myth that we have, that have these original takes on all of these um, cities like Atlantis and all that. Agartha being a underground center of the earth, hollow earth kind of city. It's, really fun, has some really cool, interesting politics going Ooh. on, as well as Skelementals is what I've liked. Skelementals. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. We have undead elemental pirate creatures, and mm. there's all these different spheres, and it, it's really, really cool. If If you want something that is very kind of Steampunk 1984. Mm. Vibe. 1984. Yes, yes. Interesting. Okay. 1984 is the year 1984. No, that's in the book. No, no, as in yeah. George Orwell, yeah. 1984. Um, steampunk elements, mm -hmm. but also Blade Runner. It's mm -hmm. it's really fun. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, quick design question. Is mm -hmm. everything better if you had pirates to it? <laughs> I can't think of anything that isn't. <laughs> Sorry. I, I certainly love great, pirates. Those great faces. Thank you so much for sharing See, them with me. <laughs> going back to my original setting I was mentioning, one of the major things is that there's a goblin pirate nation. Of course so. there is. <laughs> Why wouldn't there yeah. be? <laughs> it's like, oh, we're goblins. What should we do? Pirate? Yay! Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. Before we go, oh, let's yeah. just jump back on Neville Up just for a quick second. Yes. I just thought it'd be fun if each of us just kind of just said what if you had to pick one thing that mm -hmm. you didn't work on yourself, 
to do with level up. You can't choose your own thing because obviously mm-hmm. everyone loves their own stuff. Yeah. What is the one thing about level up that you are excited about? Most excited about? If you, if you had to pick one thing. Yeah. Having prices for magic items. Prices for magic items. Good one. Yeah. That's high. <laughs> that's definitely high on my Ooh, list. Um, Peter's thinking. I am thinking like. I mean, which of my children is my favourite? Why not ask an easy question? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I'm going to go with because I can't. I can't go with strongholds because I worked on that, and I can't go with the uh, journey rules because I worked on those. But I'm going to go with the ranger because I didn't work on yeah. that. Anthony's uh, ranger is amazing. That was the other thing I was <laughs> going to say. Yeah. Uh, the thing I'm most personally excited to play with mm. is going to be maneuvers. No combat like, right, yeah. Because I have played a variety of marshals. I enjoy playing marshals and I'll continue to do so. But like the basic maneuvers are exciting. There's mm. more stuff you can do. Like I'm looking forward to the first time where I get a war pick and I grapple on top of a pur- giant purple worm. It's going to happen. I'm going to sure make it, it happen. Um, I'm sure. But, that's, that's the basic maneuvers. And then there's the school's maneuvers. Like there's just so much stuff to get mm. wild with. So yeah, that that's the thing. I has I has a play, has a prospective player of level up. I'm looking forward to doing. Yeah, yeah. I just the general response to this Kickstarter so far has been overwhelmingly positive, which I'm really happy about. Yeah. You know how nervous I was before we launched, <laughs> but especially in, in a week or two coming up. I was I was panicking, quite frankly. Even though you know, you know, intellectually, you've done it right. You've ticked all the boxes. You've done, you've played by the book. You this is going to work because you've done everything correctly. Yeah. yeah. Even so, even though your brain is telling you that, you yeah. still cannot help. Uh, I but mean, panic. Yeah. I, 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 I had no idea you owned so many pairs of brown trousers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's done fantastically. I'm obviously delighted for you, and yeah, it's like it's just it's just wild. And um, let's hope we get to do a load more level up stuff. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm actually working. Some of the people that I'm working for right now is called the Guild of Imagination, Mm -hmm. and they are an educational um, uh, D&D, as well as other RPGs, mostly D&D, group for children. They run uh, D&D groups for children, and it's all we teach, like, problem solving and social skills for through D&D. Um, there's also instructional classes on like how to be a dungeon master and how to handle things like facilitating games and managing player dynamics and stuff like that. It is if you can find them on guildofimagination.com and I have a special coupon for listeners of this podcast Ooh. which is um it's of IMA so O F I M A end of year 15 and that will get you $15 off one class for your kid your child 10 to 17 years old uh till the end of the year wow we've, i don't yes. think we've ever had an actual promotional broadcast today has been a day of firsts <laughs> uh, we've had our first ever victory in the guess the kickstarts game with a pass hmm. <laughs> So that's pretty impressive. That's a solid tactic that a lot of people are going to be using from now on. No, They'll just pass and just hope that the other person scores negative points. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing mentioned, nothing gained. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. When you do do get round to publishing your game, please Mm -hmm. do let us know. Mm. And please do come on and... 
talk to us all about it. That would be amazing. Be- before yes. the Kickstarter I- starts. It takes a while <laughs> yes, for people absolutely. to listen to our podcast. So, yeah, we want to promote it better. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I will be honest. Level Up is the most gratifying thing I've worked on yet. Um, I think so. I, I think so, too. I, I am <laughs> so proud. No, no, no. Not just saying it because I am so proud yeah. of this thing. And because people like Morgan and everybody who's worked on this, like when we when we hired everyone, we didn't know what those people were going to be like. We didn't know that they were going to be such a really lovely, wonderful yeah. team. And it turned out they were, because, you know, that's, you know, that was just luck. I mean, they were, they were all qualified. They were all very good at their jobs. Yeah. You know, they all, they all had great resumes and, you know, we picked the right people to do the job. The fact that they all turned out to be such lovely people as well was just an added bonus. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm so proud of every single one of the people who worked on this and what we came up with, I think, is something really special. Uh, I, I, yeah. I know, I know I have bored everyone I know to death with talking and raving about how great it is. <sighs> it's like, it's a problem that I have. I'm like, it's amazing. And they're like, yeah, of course it's Peter. And it's like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> well, well, I think the big thing is I, most of the things I've worked on that have been like successful have been behind the wizards. Like, you know, that, that's going to be successful. It's wizards, yeah, you know? Yeah. And this is the first thing I've worked on that A, wasn't really edited that much um and like it my own words are actually in the book mm. which makes me feel really good because i didn't well, want to mention also because, that also because you wrote it really well <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you <laughs> i i think i wrote other things really well but because of how wizards works they basically take this is what you wrote we're gonna keep the basics of it and then we're gonna rewrite it right yeah <laughs> okay yeah which is an annoying thing to kind of see your baby distorted that way i mean it's still what i wrote what i yeah, designed yeah. but it's just the my words aren't there which yeah. is it's yeah. kind of like a an uncanny valley type mm. of situation I, th- I think yeah i mean one of the things that was very important to us right from the start mm. and which we basically repeated over and over again i think to the point where people have which we stopped is it was so important to us to get different voices yeah. in this so us like taking people's words and just rewriting yeah. them to the same to, to, to say my voice or my, my voice wouldn't 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 yeah. have worked yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the the big things that I think was big. I mean, and there are obviously some edits, yeah, yeah, like because yeah. there was always some edits when you work on a project. Yeah. But it's just like it feels like this is an imprint I made on a project mm. that also is you know like obviously in publishing mm-hmm. is successful and has had very successful kickstarters and stuff like that. But this is a huge venture. And I it's kind of successful so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am so grateful to be a part of this kind of new big thing. Like I know we kind of joked about this being the pathfinder for 5e, but I really think that it can be more than that. And I'm excited to see how the Kickstarter shapes and how mm. level up 5e expands in the future, because I think it will. I think there will be a call for more adventures, more source books, more uh maybe maybe even like, you know, more settings mm. or something mm. like that. You know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. I've really enjoyed this chat. Yep. And I've really okay. enjoyed working with you and the stuff you did for us was happening. Thank you. Uh, you bye. I'm bad at goodbyes. Bye. Apparently I now have to read this to you.
This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. No, you're fine. Okay. <sighs> so my dog asks him to go out, and I open the door, and he just stands there looking out and doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> He does that a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. My my cat actually just jumped on my lap and then was just, like, decided to, like, try and scratch ah. me and then hung out, was affectionate, and then jumped <laughs> off. 